0: Hello and welcome to the Life Church audio podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, Life Church, I'm so glad that you're joining us again today. We are in our series, Wake Up the Hustle. And for this week, we're continuing our focus on waking up faith inside of us as the body and the believers of Christ. Waking up our faith is so important during this time that we are living in. My question that I have for you to start off with, and I want you to think about this is, what do you have faith for? What are you trusting God for? This week was quite strange. I post this question on Facebook and I put it out there to everybody asking because I really wanted to give you some answers on what people have faith for. I put it out there and for two days I did not get one response. It's almost like, We don't know what we should have faith for besides salvation. And yet, we are to be a people of enduring faith. We are to be a people of lasting, great, tested faith. Faith that sometimes even seems risky if you don't know who our God is. Now, we've looked at what faith is. And faith in the Bible is always connected to God's word. We don't want the lifestyle of the rich and famous. Well, I don't. Maybe you do. But I desire the lifestyle more of the righteous walking by faith because I know it's the best place for me to be. It is important to remember that the amount of your faith is not tied to how much faith you have. Rather, it is tied to how much Substance you possess. And the substance of our faith is Jesus. So the amount of our faith is connected to how much Jesus is in our life. I have found that nothing in the Bible is supposed to be collected with the purpose just so that I can have more of it stored up. The purpose for the things in the Bible is so that we can be a blessing to others, to be a vehicle. That God can use to bless others through. God wants to use you and me to bless others. And it's the same with faith. The purpose of great faith, strong faith, tested faith, is to apply to your life, yes. But also to be applied to other people's lives. To give it. To bring it. To leave it for someone and to transfer it. Now that brings me to the the third thing that I've noticed that people with enduring faith have in common. The first one was they are willing to take the risk of faith. Meaning they will lay down their own opinions and they will follow God's instructions. People with enduring faith follow God's directing. The second thing regarding people with enduring faith is their their faith has been tested. And the third thing is what we're going to look at today. People with enduring faith always transfer their faith to others. I want to ask that question again. What do you have faith for? But then I also want to ask this question. If you die today, have you transferred your faith to anyone? We read in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, it says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith, that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lewis, and in your mother, Eunice, I am persuaded. And this is Paul speaking to Timothy. This faith that dwelt first in Eunice and in, uh, and in Lewis, it's in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So when we talk about faith, this faith that's in you is important again for me today just to define what biblical faith is. Because there's a lot of people out there, if you ask them if they have faith, they would say, Oh yes, I'm a person of faith. I'm not an atheist. I believe in God somewhere out there. I don't really buy all the stuff in the Bible or follow the stuff in the Bible, but I believe there's a God Um, and I do believe that. I don't think it really matters how you get to Him. A lot of people will say, you know, there's like many ways that to get to God, and they have this all-inclusive faith, a faith that is really, it has no definition, nothing definite to stand on, nothing reliable to depend upon. It's always changing. It's just he's out there somewhere. They call him the man upstairs, the big guy in the sky. Let's not limit him to just Jesus. Let's not limit him to uh, just the God of the Bible. There are many gods out there potentially, and you just do you. That's a faith they believe not in the God of the Bible, nor are they being led or given their direction by the God of the Bible. But they just believe that there's some spirit out there. All-inclusive faith. Let's not discriminate faith. Let's not be faith racist. Faith, by excluding anybody from any other religion, it's an all-inclusive faith. There's there's a lot of people in the world like that. And and then there are the ones that I think is a little bit closer to, to what great faith is. They're closer to it. And I'd like to call it something structured faith. And by structured faith, I mean Christian religious faith. People who have Christian religious faith. They believe because they were raised in church. So they've just always been there. They believe in the ceremonies in the church. They're not anti-Christ. They're not anti-virgin birth. They come to Christmas. They come to Easter. They come every now and again. And you know, it's like this ceremonial thing about the rituals. The rituals and the ceremony are more important. They want a Christian wedding, faith. When I get married, I want a Christian wedding, they say. And when I get children and get to have children, I want my my, my children to have a Christian dedication. I want to dedicate my babies to Jesus. And they mean that. They mean that, but it's not something that they really live out or nurture or feed in their own life. It's simply because my mom did it to me. We went to a Baptist church or a Catholic church or the Methodist church or Pentecostal church. And that's how I was raised. And I believe in the stuff or in the rituals more than I have a relationship. I call this religious faith. You know, it's to to have a Christian wedding rather than having a Christian marriage. They want Jesus at the ceremony. He is invited. We sent him an invitation because he's there, because we have a Christian pastor doing the wedding. And I really want him to bless this marriage. God, please bless this marriage. But I'm not changing my lifestyle for nothing. I really want him to bless this thing, though. But I'm not going to change my ways. It's like they want Jesus at the ceremony in the sanctuary for the marriage, but they want the devil to do the reception because he really knows how to get down. It's like baby dedications. Everybody wants Jesus to bless their babies, and that's great. And I love doing baby dedications. But what I'm always hoping for is that the parents realize the baby dedication is not for the baby. It's really for the parents. Even though we do the ceremonies of baby dedication, many of them have no intention of actually attending a church on a regular basis or teaching their kids God's ways, like water baptism. You can have a baptism tank and you can have a dry sinner and go down as a dry sinner and come up as a wet sinner because the water is just water. It's not going to change anything unless there is real faith in you. So we have all-inclusive faith and we have religious faith. And then there is what I would like to call real transferable faith. That's what the scripture is talking about when it says, Timothy, the faith that I see in you, that is as sincere And that is a very real faith. It's in you, Timothy. And he said, I saw this first in your grandmother, Lois. And I saw it in your mother, Eunice. And and I'm persuaded that this faith that I've seen in them is in you. Somewhere, your grandmother got it. And she transferred it because it was personal to her first. Because the only kind of faith that is transferable is personal faith. You can't have a distant relationship faith with God and transfer a close relationship faith to your children. You cannot have a lukewarm relationship with Jesus and pass on a red-hot fire passion for Christ to your children. The only faith according to this text that can be transferred is a personal faith first. It started first with Grandma. And when grandma got it, then the daughter can't go off grandma's faith. The daughter has to get her own personal faith. And then she passes what she is. She, she has a praise life and it gets transferred. And the children have a praise life because it's transferred. She has a prayer life. And the children have a prayer life because it's transferred. She has standards and lives this thing that she reads when she reads a Bible and she loves God and she loves people and it is transferred. You cannot give what you don't have. And for me, as a pastor of Life Church, this really weighs on me as a pastor and as a preacher. I can only transfer to you what I am. What I have in a personal relationship with Jesus is all that I can transfer to our congregation. And even more troublesome is that I can only transfer my personal faith and the relationship with Jesus to my children and to my children's children. So I have got to have it. It's got to be personal. Personal. It can't be out there, abstract, somewhere, foggy, unstable. Some God up there. If I want them to have a stable, strong relationship with God, my personal relationship with Him have to have standards, something stable that it is anchored to, unchanging, unwavering. And you've got to get your own before you can transfer it. Nothing of that will ever be transferred to your children's children if it's not yours first. And what we learn and what we have seen is that real faith, people who have real faith, they don't have to be motivated into praise because it's personal. It's personal praise. I don't have to encourage them or soup them up. When you have real personal faith, no one has to motivate you to pray. Come on, we want to encourage you. Let's sit, let us. Let's do. They don't have to be encouraged or motivated to worship or to serve or to give. Because it's real to you. I don't have to convince you about engaging. When you get alone with Jesus and you've been with Him, it gets transferred You can transfer and you can give your faith to your kids and to your family and to your friends. And you will live out a life that looks different. At the same point, you will and can only transfer what you are. When you love and honor your wife's husbands, it gets transferred. Your children see how you treat your spouse. Like the Bible says, your kids see and they take it in. Train up your child. They will follow your directing. When you respect and love your husband's wives, it gets transferred to your children. When you show grace and mercy and kindness and forgiveness to people who don't deserve it, it gets transferred. When you pray a prayer of faith over your children, over your home, over your business, over your community, it gets transferred. When you are generous and show your kids that the one who you depend upon as your provider is God. And that's why you bring your first and your best, your tithe and your offering to the storehouse. It gets transferred so that when you lose your job, you know that God has got your back and you don't panic like the world panics and that gets transferred. And when those around you live in fear, but you are walking full of faith with the honor of God, that gets transferred. And at the same point, you will and can only transfer what you are. It gets transferred. Even if you don't feel God through a tingling sensation, even if you haven't had no big angels or glory cloud, neither have I. I'm with you, but I'm going to tell you something. What we're doing is saying that I don't want a distant faith. I don't want a distracted faith. I don't want one that's out there somewhere, nothing depend upon. I don't want to go through the routine of church every blessed Sunday Sunday without having a personal experience with God. I want a personal fire down in my soul that so moves me that my kids get hungry for the Holy Spirit, for the purposes, for the plans of God, for His ways, that they will trust Him because they see what's happening in my life. Faith is transferable when it's personal. Faith is also the essential ingredient for relationship. That's why you want to transfer it. This is not some take it or leave it option with faith. It's not like I choose if you want to have faith. If you don't have what I'm preaching about right now, you don't have anything in God. Because faith is the essential ingredient. You can't have God without faith. That's why I want to wake it up in you. You can't have John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but will have everlasting life. You can't have that. You can't have the healing that the Bible speaks of. You can't have that healing balm of His Word that comes and brings restoration to your hurt and to your pain. You can't have the provision that the Bible speaks of. You can't have any of what the book speaks of without faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, But without faith, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. It starts off with faith. He didn't say, if you do religious ceremonies, I will reward you. He didn't say, if if you are touched by an angelic visitation, He said, I will reward those who seek me diligently, but you can only seek me with faith. I'll open doors. I'll bless you. I'll make a way for you. I know the enemy wants to wipe you out, but when you diligently seek me, I am going to reward you. The kingdom of God is not based upon welfare. It's based upon a reward system. Salvation is free. Yes, Nobody has to earn it. It's a free gift which you have to accept. But everything else from there is warfare through faith. You have to take off your religious onesie and put on the full armor of God and you have to say, now listen here, this is the war and this is the battle and I'm suiting up because I know that my God is real. I know that it's impossible to please Him without faith and I decree that I'm going to be, I'm going to seek Him diligently until I find Him. The kingdom of God is not a handout. It's a reward system. Inside of your Bible, it's what your life is supposed to look like. And the essential ingredient to make that happen is faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. In heaven, faith Is the currency. You want something from the warehouse of heaven? Bring your faith. Because without faith in the kingdom of God. You won't get anything that his word speaks of. You get what you believe for. It's personal. It is not limited by what others are limited by. It is personal faith. It doesn't matter if others have died from it or others believed in something and they didn't get it. It's personal faith. It's personal faith that leads to transferable faith. In Luke 4, Jesus is going to Nazareth, his hometown, to do miracles. And the Bible said he couldn't do any mighty works, any mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. Because they were so familiar with him. They said, is this not Joseph's son? And he thinks he's the son of God? And it says he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. In Luke 4, Jesus then turns and he says, I want to teach you something about faith. Because he had just healed people in the city before he came to Nazareth. And he would leave there. And scripture says in the next chapter, the next city, he healed all who were afflicted. But only a few people got something in his hometown. And it's because he became too familiar to them. Because religious ceremonial faith. Because of all inclusive abstract faith. A faith that goes, well God can heal but you know God can move mountains, but you know who really has that kind of time commitment? Who can make that kind of commitment it's there's a lot required, so i'm I'm not really going to take that faith. Um, let's just keep a level head, kind of faith. I believe in the theory of miracles. yes, in theory, I believe in miracles. but who can commit to that? Because that requires perseverance, and that requires diligently seeking him but watch Jesus Jesus said and he uses two different illustrations and I want you to get this you need to wake up your faith start believing God again for things in your life don't exclude him from your work and your healing and your marriage and your children and your relationships and your home and your provision include him in these things wake up to it Jesus gives us two illustrations. He says, in the days of Elijah, there was a famine in the land. And he said, there were many widows. I want you to notice that he said, there were many widows. And he said, I'm telling you, there were many widows in the days of Elijah. When the heavens were shut up for three years, that they were starving to death in a famine. And then he goes on to say, but only one of them. One of them. One to whom he sent Elijah. One woman got it. They all had needs. Many needed it. Many needed it, which is so important. He said many needed. There are many with needs today. But only one got it. And what happened is the prophet came to her, and the prophet said this. Thus saith the Lord, make me a cake. She said, all I have is enough to eat for me and my son. For one more day and then we will die. This is our last meal, she responded. And the prophet said, I'm telling you what the Lord told me to do. He said, make me a cake and give it to me. And she looked at him. And in that moment, because she was hearing a word from the Lord, faith arose in her heart. And she gave that prophet her last meal. And when she did, the Bible said God multiplied her food for three and a half years for her and her son. It was a transfer of faith from the word into her that changed her circumstances because she applied it. She took the word that Elijah spoke, applied it, and God's result was a miracle. Are you taking the word and applying it to your circumstances? Because that's how God works. Watch what Jesus is teaching them. She activated personal faith when she said, God, I'm going to respond to the word of the prophet. And then he gives another equal illustration. And he says, in the days of Elijah, there were many lepers. Many lepers. Many people who had leprosy. And many people who had an awful Awful disease. None of them, none of those were cleansed except Naaman. What happened to Naaman? Well, let me give you some hope. If you feel like, well, I just don't have enough faith like that woman, I don't have it, I don't have that kind of faith to just take my last meal and give it to somebody else. Well, number one, let me show you what Jesus is trying to teach us here. Only one, only one. There were many who needed healing, but only one got it. And what happened to him? The Bible said that when the prophet said to him, go wash yourself and dip seven times in the Jordan River, Naaman puffed up. He got all puffed up. He was a big shot. He was a politician. He was a general. He was in control of his own life. He said, that's too low for me. I'm not going to follow your ways. I'm not going to follow your instructions. I'm better than that. And that's a filthy river. How dare you insult me by telling me I have to go dip in a filthy river seven times. I came all the way from Syria. Forget you, prophet. And the Bible said he didn't have a personal faith. But watch this. He got around somebody who did. Because just when he was about to turn around and walk away and die a death like many others were going to die, a servant spoke up, a humble servant, and said, Had he asked you to do something great and grand that would have gotten huge attention, you would have done it. But because he told you to do that thing that is low in your mind, You are going to forfeit your miracle. And when he said that, faith sparked in Naaman. Not because he had a personal faith. That is why it is good that you're in a church. That's why it's good that you're in church today. Hopefully you're going to go and attend your church. Even even if you don't have faith. There are people around you that have faith that they can transfer for us. Build us up, encourage us, steer us, guide us. Even if you don't believe, we believe. I believe that God heals. I believe that God restores. I believe that God sets our path for good. And I'm here to tell you that you can bind together during this time and we can believe for miracles together. And I want to say it like this. I want to say God wants to give us transferable faith so that we can give it to our sons and to our daughters and to our families and to our friends and to our church and to whoever needs a miracle. Notice what happened. The Bible said he dipped seven times six times nothing happened and the seventh time he came up and when he came up the bible said his skin was like the skin of a newborn baby here's the point that i want to close with paul said paul said to timothy timothy two times in that verse in verse five it's in you it's in you the faith of your grandmother the faith of your mother It's in you. And I love that I get to tell all of you listening today, it's in you. Somebody in your family transferred some stuff to you. Somebody transferred some anointing onto you. Somebody transferred some faith into you. Their faith got in. It got in you. And when you are in your lowest moment, You know where to turn and you know what to do. And Paul says, it's in you, but you can't stop there. Don't stop with simply, well, my mother's faith is in me. No, it's in me. But he gives Timothy an instruction. He says, stir up the gift. Stir up the gifts that's in you. And that's the question you have to answer. What are you doing to stir it up? I can't afford to just to come to church and let singers do the praising for me. I can't afford just to come to church and when I've got to pray and just have somebody who prays really well pray for me. Let people live for God on my behalf. Let the preacher preach a word and read the word on my behalf. I can't afford that. I have to get some personal faith in my life. I have to get it in me. But I've got to feed it. And it has to get activated. And when I get around other people with faith, it gets stirred up. So I need to make God's house a priority. I need to pray. I need to read my Bible. It's in me, but I've got to feed it. It's got to be personal faith, but I'm the one that has to grow it because only personal faith is transferable faith. And if you're not growing personally in your faith, you're not transferring your faith to the next generation. My passion and my desire for my own children is that their faith, my my ceiling of my faith, my relationship with God, I want that to be their starting point. That's where I want them to start. But if you don't place anything there for them, they have nothing to start from. What are you transferring to others? And this brings us again to that that passionate plea that I have for you. Join us in our alpha quest to get people into the kingdom of God. Think of the people that you want to pray for, 1102 every day for the next three weeks. Pray with us for those people to have an encounter with God so that we can transfer this amazing relationship that we have, that we can transfer it to them also. I hope you hear my heart. My desire for you is to leave a legacy of faith and not just empty rooms. Let's pray together. Father God, I pray that this word is not just a word that we hear and we go, yeah, that's that's a good word. But it's something that stirs in us, that wakes us up to ignite the faith that's in us. It's in you. Let us not be complacent and just relaxed and sitting back in our relationship, Father. But let us work Diligently with perseverance to save more people from condemnation. Father, I pray that we will transfer the relationship we have with you to the people around us in the relationship we have with them. So that they can see your goodness. We love you, God. You are good. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining. Stir up your faith. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.